everybody and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. In today's episode, we're diving deep into the intricate world of living with both Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, and Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, CPTSD. These mental health conditions stemming from distinct but intersecting sources pose multifaceted challenges that significantly impact everyday life. Imagine a daily struggle where impulsive urges frequently disrupt the simplest tasks, where emotional states swing wildly between intense motivation and apathetic detachment. It's like walking on a tightrope between being perceived as highly creative, talkative, and detail-oriented, and yet facing criticism for being clumsy, overly aggressive, impatient, illogical, and antisocial. The core of this perplexing dynamic lies in the contrasting yet interwoven nature of ADHD and CPTSD. ADHD, an imbalance in brain networks, often manifests in impulsive urges that hinder task completion. Conversely, CPTSD, born from repetitive traumatic experiences, fuels a cascade of emotional responses, exacerbating the internal struggle. In the heat of decision-making, influenced by ADHD, moments arise where emotions surge. Romantic desires or impulsive urges to buy things deemed absurd by societal standards. But as, we, as these impulses surface, CPTSD swiftly intrudes, triggering a tidal wave of fear and self-doubt, creating a battleground within the mind. The clash between these two forces is staggering. The impulse to act fiercely contends with debilitating doubt and fear, spawning feelings of guilt, shame, and disgust. Subsequently, a deep sense of isolation or an impending sense of failure further compounds the emotional turmoil manifesting in physical distress, rapid heartbeat, dizziness, nausea, and an inability to calm the racing thoughts. The aftermath unveils two diverging paths, seeking distraction through activities, a classic move attributed to ADHD's influence, or an intriguing collaboration between ADHD and CPTSD, attempting to navigate a rational solution amid the chaos. This peculiar partnership strives to justify resisting impulsive urges, often cloaked in unconventional reasoning. These struggles, albeit just a glimpse of the ongoing battle, shed light on the intense and overwhelming experiences faced by individuals dealing with both ADHD and CPTSD. For those unfamiliar with this tandem, comprehending the magnitude of these challenges can be an arduous task. Feeling defeated, confused, and sometimes enraged is a common sentiment. Finding immediate assistance amidst the turmoil is an uphill battle. Few possess the knowledge or experience to extend a helping hand, and professional assistance often comes with a hefty price tag and no guarantee of relief. The intricate relationship between ADHD and CPTSD engenders a turbulent love-hate dynamic, plunging individuals into precarious and delicate circumstances, fraught with stress, anxiety, and a spectrum of triggering emotions capable of eclipsing entire days or rendering peaceful sleep an elusive luxury. 
Join us as I delve further into the complexities, seeking understanding and exploring avenues of support and resilience in navigating life's intricate maze with ADHD and CPTSD. Okay, so I have a couple articles that I'm going to read. Um, One is just basically an article about the two of them and their impact on each other. And then the other one is just some information that would be, in my opinion, extremely helpful. It is called Traumatic Stress Alongside ADHD, Five Reasons Clinicians Need to Consider Trauma. So I'll read those two and then talk about more about my own personal experiences. Okay, so first, the intersection of ADHD and CPTSD, understanding their impact on each other. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, and Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, CPTSD, are two distinct yet complex conditions that can significantly affect an individual's life. While they manifest differently, their intersection often amplifies their impact, posing unique challenges to those experiencing both conditions simultaneously. ADHD, characterized by inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity, can present challenges in various aspects aspects of life, from academics and work to relationships and daily routines. Conversely, CPTSD emerges from prolonged exposure to traumatic events, leading to emotional dysregulation, hypervigilance, and difficulties in forming and maintaining relationships. When these conditions coexist, they can create a complicated interplay, exacerbating the symptoms of both. One of the significant intersections between ADHD and CPTSD lies in the realm of emotional dysregulation. Individuals with ADHD commonly experience difficulties in regulating emotions, often displaying intense reactions or mood swings. Similarly, CPTSD can cause persistent emotional distress, leading to a heightened emotional response to triggers associated with past traumatic experiences. The combination of these conditions can intensify emotional reactivity, making it challenging to manage and control feelings in everyday situations. Moreover, both ADHD and CPTSD can impact executive functions, ADHD often impairs executive functions like planning, organizing, and maintaining attention, leading to difficulties in managing tasks and responsibilities. In CPTSD, the ongoing effects of trauma can also disrupt executive functions, affecting decision-making and problem-solving abilities. When these conditions co-occur, the impairment of executive functions can intensify, creating substantial obstacles in handling daily activities and coping with stressors. Another area of intersection is in the realm of interpersonal relationships. Both ADHD and CPTSD can hinder the ability to form and maintain healthy relationships. Individuals with ADHD may struggle with social cues, interrupt conversations, or exhibit impulsive behavior that affects their interactions with others. Similarly, those with CPTSD might have trust issues, struggle with boundaries, or experience difficulty in forming close connections due to past traumatic experiences. 
when these conditions overlap, challenges in communication, establishing boundaries, and maintaining relationships can intensify, leading to a higher risk of social isolation and interpersonal conflicts. The coexistence of ADHD and CPTSD can also complicate the treatment process. Each condition requires a tailored approach for management and healing. However, the symptoms often overlap, making it challenging to differentiate between the effects of ADHD and those of CPTSD. Misdiagnosis or incomplete understanding of the interconnectedness between these conditions can lead to inadequate treatment strategies impacting the individual's overall well-being. Treating ADHD and CPTSD simultaneously requires a comprehensive approach that addresses both conditions' unique symptoms while recognizing their interplay. Therapeutic interventions such as cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, dialectical behavior therapy, DBT, and trauma-informed care can be beneficial in addressing the complex nature of these coexisting conditions. Medication management, when appropriate, can also help alleviate specific symptoms associated with ADHD or CPTSD. Additionally, psychoeducation plays a crucial role in empowering individuals with ADHD and CPTSD. Understanding the relationship between these conditions can provide validation and clarity, helping individuals develop coping strategies tailored to their specific needs. Learning effective stress management techniques, mindfulness practices, and emotion regulation skills can assist in navigating the challenges posed by the intersection of ADHD and CPTSD. Support networks, including support groups and peer communities, can offer invaluable assistance to individuals managing both ADHD and CPTSD. Connecting with others who share similar experiences can provide a sense of belonging, reduce feelings of isolation, and offer practical advice on coping mechanisms and self-care strategies. In conclusion, the intersection of ADHD and CPTSD creates a complex landscape that requires a nuanced understanding and tailored interventions. Recognizing how these conditions interact and influence each other is crucial in providing comprehensive support and effective treatment. For individuals navigating the challenges posed by both ADHD and CPTSD, by adopting a holistic approach that addresses the unique needs arising from this intersection, individuals can work towards managing symptoms, fostering resilience, and improving their overall quality of life. So that was the first article. And basically, it's just saying that it's there's a really complex way of trying to work with both. And because everybody has their own unique diagnosis or like obviously unique trauma that they've been through, there is no one set way of going through and fixing this. It's, it's a case-by-case basis, and that's just really how it tends to work, unfortunately. All right, here's the second one. Traumatic stress alongside ADHD. Five reasons clinicians need to consider trauma. 
Traumatic stress and ADHD are connected, each worsening the symptoms of the other. That's one reason why it is vitally important for ADHD assessments to include screening questions about trauma and for treatment plans to factor in the effects of both. This was written by Michelle Frank. She's a psychiatric doctor. Traumatic stress and ADHD key takeaways. ADHD and trauma often co-occur in ways we are still trying to understand. So true. CPTSD and ADHD symptoms can overlap and exacerbate one another. People with ADHD are more likely to have high scores on the Adverse Childhood Experiences Questionnaire, ACEs, meaning that there is greater likelihood of trauma. Clients and clinicians should give trauma history and ADHD equal consideration in treatment. ADHD clinicians should perform comprehensive trauma screenings, then make treatment recommendations accordingly. Neither ADHD nor traumatic stress is your fault. They are not character flaws. Traumatic stress and ADHD share significant associations according to a growing body of research on trauma and childhood maltreatment. Studies show that people with ADHD score higher than their neurotypical peers on the Adverse Childhood Experiences Questionnaire, which measures the impact of negative, stressful, or traumatic events on well-being. This means that they are likely to report troubling events like domestic violence, caregivers, substance abuse, physical or sexual abuse, neglect, mental illness, poverty, and community violence. Experiences of racism, discrimination, and oppression can also lead to trauma. So what is the connection between trauma and ADHD? How do we tease apart the diagnosis? What do their similarities mean for symptoms, diagnosis, and treatment? Here's what you need to know about traumatic stress and ADHD. One, untreated ADHD can lead to trauma. In considering the relationship between ADHD and trauma, we must first acknowledge that some of us start with greater access to resources than do others. Not having access to services for ADHD symptoms, being invalidated or dismissed by professionals, or going without an accurate diagnosis and treatment can lead to years of unnecessary distress, impairment, and neglect. Two, traumatic stress can worsen ADHD symptoms. While research tells us that exposure to traumatic events can exacerbate ADHD symptoms, it doesn't mean that trauma causes ADHD. Epigenetics, how genes might be turned on or off based on our environment, is key to understanding the role that trauma might have in leading to ADHD symptoms. Scientists are studying exposure to toxins as well as nutrition, lifestyle, and stress levels to learn what might make ADHD genes turn on or become activated. We need a better understanding of what ADHD really is and why it presents in unique and individual ways and at various ages. Trauma responses in utero and or at a young age could trigger the development of ADHD symptoms. Research has shown that exposure to trauma changes the brain. This is essential to consider 
when evaluating or seeking out a diagnosis for ADHD. Three, rejection-sensitive dysphoria and trauma require further study. People with ADHD can become strongly emotionally triggered by perceived rejection or anticipation of judgment, often because of hurtful past experiences related to their differences. This is called rejection-sensitive dysphoria. RSD is not a clinical diagnosis, but it is important to contextualize this sensitivity as one being triggered by events that recreate past wounding experiences while living with ADHD. More research needs to be done to determine how RSD emerges in people with ADHD and how it could be a manifestation of a trauma response. Four, trauma can be misdiagnosed as ADHD. Both ADHD and trauma affect the functioning of the prefrontal cortex, which controls executive functioning skills and reasoning, and the amygdala, which processes emotions. This can lead to hyperarousal or restlessness, difficulty with emotional regulation and making decisions, sleep problems, impulsivity, addictive behaviors, and difficulty relating to others. How do clinicians tell the difference? Why do the best we can by taking an in-depth trauma history and exploring the lived experiences of each client in addition to conducting traditional ADHD assessment procedures? Five, trauma screenings should be part of every ADHD assessment. All ADHD assessments should include questions about trauma. Clinicians should perform comprehensive screenings that use both direct questions and more open explorations of a patient's lived experiences over time, especially since trauma can sometimes take time to manifest. Not everyone who experiences trauma will meet the full criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder or complex CPTSD. Some people who do not meet the full criteria will still struggle with complicated impacts of traumatic stress, while others might not have symptoms at all. When trauma occurs later in life, the diagnostic picture is a bit clearer because a doctor can ask whether ADHD symptoms were present before the trauma occurred. The picture is more nuanced if the trauma occurred in childhood or is ongoing developmental or attachment trauma. In these cases, clinicians must consider the client's unique personality and lived experiences and conduct treatment carefully. ADHD and symptoms related to trauma, such as PTSD, can co-occur and exacerbate each other. So the presence of both leads to more problems than occur with ADHD or CPTSD alone. In all, to develop an effective treatment plan, it is vital that a person with ADHD find a clinician who inquires about trauma during the course of an ADHD evaluation. As for treatment, patients should look for providers who have been trained in eye movement desensitization and reprocessing or cognitive processing therapy. Both of these therapies reduce trauma symptoms and they have been validated by extensive research.
That was a very good, uh, good explanation. And I know it could be quite technical. So I would suggest doing more research by yourself online. Be thorough about it. Ask your doctor or your psychiatrist or a psychologist about this as well. Um, sometimes CPTSD creates symptoms of ADHD and vice versa. Sometimes our ADHD causes traumatic events through parents or teachers or other schoolmates, uh, classmates, friends, etc. So it's very complicated and there's a lot of research being put into this and we just need to be vigilant and stay on it. Now, my own experiences really fall into this. Like when I was reading the first part, I kept thinking to myself, this is my own life. Now, my thing is that it's kind of a, a love-hate affair between ADHD and CPTSD. And the reason I say this is because often during life with myself, and especially recently, now that I have a much better understanding of complex trauma and the fact that I am a diagnose, uh, diagnosis of ADD, attention deficit disorder, um, I don't have the full ADHD diagnosis, just AD, ADD part, which is fine, but it's, it totally fits how I am. So, it, you know, it's there. So as I was saying, when I've, I've had situations in my life where my ADHD will cause me to act in a certain way. The best example I can come up with is I have thoughts and they could be creative. They could be outbursts, like um, not realistic thoughts and things that I want to do or choices that I want to make, uh, things that I want to say to people. Um, sometimes I have thought to myself that if it wasn't for the CPTSD that I have, I could potentially have done things maybe even illegally and maybe put myself in jail because the thoughts in my head are not things that, you know, are good things to do. But I have often never followed through with any of it because I'm, I, have, I am too scared of the consequences or the risks involved or the fear of being told no or rejected or laughed at. So, but the best example that I have is feeling intense emotions and feelings for somebody that in my head I feel that if I just say something to them I need I need to express how I feel I need to show them what I who I am what I what they mean to me give them a whole story you know like a like a almost like a movie script in a way and that my brain it, it has this, this, this wild belief that we're meant to be together or that if I say all this, she's, it's all going to suddenly go like in her, in her head, it's going to like the thoughts and on the, and the realization is going to explode and go, Oh, you're so right. Why did, I didn't know this before, you know, and then magically all live happily ever after kind of thing. But then my brain the see all like almost immediately, virtually immediately after that, I will 
have this these fears pop up and, and they just rush in right they're overwhelming they're scary and it's not just like it's not realizing that what i'm thinking is ridiculous or not true or unrealistic or that i'm not being you know reasonable or logical it's this fear of many different things being scared and having this giant fear of being rejected losing a friend being laughed at, having her angry at me, you know, all, and and not and going, this is crazy, you know, you're never, this isn't going to work, never going to get the right way, you're not going to get the answer you want, you're you're risking too much, this is insane, don't do it, and it falls back onto everything that I've gone through in my life, right? Like it's not just that this fear of being rejected by this one person. Everything that I've been through in my life, in my past, school, my past relationships, being rejected like for jobs, being told, no, you can't have this, avoiding conflict, it all wraps up and plays into all or most of the decisions and the, and the things that I do or don't do. But the thing is, is that they often are like fighting against each other. I have a lot of creative skills. I have a lot of thoughts about ideas and things. And, and, and I often spit them out. Like I, I speak and I, and I talk about them, not to everybody, obviously, right? Like there are a lot of times where I'm, I'm too afraid to say anything to somebody about my ideas because I don't want them to laugh at me or think I'm weird or crazy or or pie in the sky thoughts i often say it to like my brother my parents uh my best friends i will sometimes talk about these things with them and i have a lot of really in my mind a lot of great ideas and it can be on anything like the topic the thing that i'm watching or the the subject at hand my brain is constantly going right it's 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 working super hard it's obsessed about what is being talked about in the moment. I've got the dopamine hit going. I'm feeling great. I got all these ideas popping in my head going, wow, that could really work. Hmm. I wonder if that would be a good idea. And then I start kind of throwing it against uh, the wall or, or towards other people looking for their opinions. And sometimes it's, I see, I realize that it's ridiculous, but often, you know, there are times where it's a good idea, but because I am so scared of being rejected or laughed at or them saying, this is just a stupid idea. I don't know how you came up with this or no, and we're not going to do that, you know, and they sigh and go, oh, my God, what is this guy thinking kind of thing? I'm too scared of that, that response, that negative response, being told no, being laughed at, right? It holds me back. So there's two things playing against each other it's almost like football right the the defense is is the cptsd and the offense is the adhd and they want to attack each other and the and the and the cptsd is trying to stop it because it's it's too scared to allow it to come to fruition and to and to and to be seen or be heard because no we can't it might be the best idea in the world. It could be a million dollar idea, but don't you dare tell anybody because you're going to get laughed at. They're going to think you're an idiot. They're going to they're going to reject you and and outright say no. How dare you? Or no, you can't say that. So, 
I have learned to keep it to myself, right? But it's not like my ADHD doesn't just come up with these crazy ideas or really creative ideas. It's comes out in an artistic way, right? Like I draw a lot. I do. I, I am really someone who loves to do photography. I have an eye for photography, for taking great pictures. I am often, I come up with these really creative ideas for like movie scripts, you know, fun movies. Um, I can on the fly, if, if we're playing a, a weird game or a stupid game or, or like, okay, my brother and I, a number of weeks ago, we were, we were having a really silly moment at night and we were playing this word association game with a movie and it was, it's kind of silly. You know, if you were, if you had been sitting there listening to it, you'd probably go going, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. Like when, when were they ever going to stop? But we kept coming up with lines from a movie and inserting the word in multiple ways. And we just kept, I just kept coming up with the lines, right? Like it was, it was almost like they were just, I had them all written out in front of me, but of course I wasn't. It was my mind was suddenly going, oh, another one. Oh, another one. Oh, hey, great. Another one. And just boom, 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 boom. And I was like kicking the crap out of my brother coming up with new ideas. He was spent. And all of a sudden I had eight more coming up and I, and I'm like typing them out. Right. And, and laughing my head off and going, oh my God, this was a good one. Oh, that was another good one. So that's the kind of thing. It's like my ADHD it really makes my creative urges come out. But the problem is that it often, of course, as a lot of people who have ADHD who are listening to this episode are know all too well, is we often lose interest in things quickly. If we're not, if there isn't something in whatever it is we're doing or watching or the activity that we're partaking in, there, if there isn't something in it that doesn't keep us interested or like keeps attracting us to what is going on we're going to quickly lose interest and we're going to start fidgeting or start wanting to find something else and i have had that occur in in super so many different situations watching a movie quickly going oh my god this movie is is boring i don't want to watch this anymore or skipping songs because i'm just i i can't put it down on what I want to listen to or I'm indecisive on things and this it it really does af- come into play with the CPTSD my traumatic events all the problems I've been through my fears of say, being rejected those those super strong inabilities to make tough choices you know a, a, a beautiful girl is standing next to you or down the, down the hallway a bit and she smiles at you and, and looks away shyly, you know, kind of flirting. And a lot of guys will eventually gain, gather the nerve to go and talk to them. Well, forget it. You know, I can't. And I have creative thoughts. Like in my brain, I'm thinking about all these different things that I could say or what I would do with this person, you know, how I could go out on a date, how to be romantic. I could be very creative. I have come up with amazing dates and ideas in the past in my relationships. And 
brought them out and played them. But often I have been too scared of coming up with the, with actually expressing the idea and getting an opinion on them. Because again, I am way too afraid of being rejected and laughed at or said, no, that's a stupid idea. Why would you do something like that, right? So I learned super quick to, to not tell other people, to keep my creativity in, in a down state, not allow it to come out. And so these two things are constantly at each other. And it's interesting. If I didn't have ADHD, I would be literally like, I, it, it could, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't remember my early, early years of life necessarily. And I am not sure if I had ADHD right from the start or if there was trauma that had occurred in the beginning of my life that created symptoms that are like ADHD. And then it just the repetitive trauma created the, like the ADHD in my brain configuration before I hit 25, right? It, it all just played into it being as, as it is today. But all I know is that it's, they are always against each other. They don't often work, you know, with each other or, you know, have any kind of like familiarity. It's like if this, if ADHD wants to do something that is fun or could be great for me, immediately the trauma and the triggers come and say, no, sir, don't you dare. You know what's going to happen. You know, like worst case scenario always comes up or that super fear of being rejected and laughed at will immediately come into play and overrule. And it sucks. Like if I, if I was, if I didn't have complex trauma symptoms and didn't, you know, suffer from traumatic, uh, repetitive traumatic scenarios in my life, there's a good possibility that I would either be, you know, someone who's got a lot of money, come up with a number of amazing ideas. I may have, I may be married to an amazing woman with some kids, but, you know, learn to have better control of my impulses and, or maybe I'd be someone who's dead broke because I don't know how to control my money, right? I don't know how to, to control spending. I do stupid things. I take risks. You know, they, they, they have said that people with ADHD have a tendency to have shorter lives because they're at higher risk for, for getting into an accident that could kill them, right? It, it's, it's a known fact. There's a lot of study out there. And on the other hand, if I didn't have the ADHD... I would be a complete recluse, I think. I wouldn't have any ability to do pretty much anything. I'd have no creativity. I could even be dep like completely clinically depressed. But maybe if I didn't have the ADHD, maybe I wouldn't have developed CPTSD. It's one of those unknown questions that I don't think will ever get answered. There'll, there will never be some way of going back and and going to the exact moment when it was realized that okay he was born with ADHD and it came to to play when he was 4 right or 
we go back and say, ah, this is there's tra- just trauma occurring here, and then suddenly in his later years, now because of all the repetitive trauma and all the fear and the and the rejection sensitivity and all that shit. He developed symptoms that were are very much like ADHD, or he developed ADHD, and now here we are at present time. It is, it's a very big mystery. It is extremely frustrating because it's hard. I don't. I okay. I honestly don't know, to my knowledge, what a neurotypical life is like. Now, I'm not saying like normal. I'm if if I say normal, I would it would be to someone who doesn't have ADHD symptoms, has good capacity for learning and focus. Uh, I didn't. I never did good in school. I was always struggling to pay attention and focus in school. Uh, I didn't have any friends in school because I got bullied a lot and teased, and my ADHD made me really kind of wild and someone who couldn't sit down I often did impulsive things like um get in trouble by I think one time I remember pushing a girl um and got into trouble with that uh I said things that were out of line and it wasn't because I was a bad kid it was just because ADHD especially at a young age it's very difficult to control those impulsive actions whether it's a verbal response or physical actions right and there's a good chance that that led to all the bullying throughout school and which of course caused me to be traumatized and all the emotional and mental abuse and sometimes even physical although it wasn't very often it could have likely led to it and so here we are, right? Like I am in a world where I feel like I'm never going to be able to meet and fall in love with someone because I'm going to be too damn scared to try. Or the second that anything becomes difficult, I'm going to run away and never be able to face it. Or as they say, be an adult and have a discussion with that person about things where I would turn into a child and and well cptsd symptoms would occur just like it did in my past relationship it's it's extremely frustrating and a lot of times i am i don't know i i don't think i've ever said i'm glad that i have it well the adhd part i mean I, I've never said that I am happy that I have it. I, I don't think I've ever fully accepted the fact yet because I I often wonder if I can ever experience a normal life or a life that feels calm, focused, structured, logical, <clears throat> being able to keep my emotions in check, being able to, you know... Er- have proper regulation right like executive functioning works at a, at a proper rate not constantly forget things or get distracted and from what you're currently working on and doing something else and then ending up forgetting something very important i've done a lot of work in even before i got my ad adhd or excuse me add diagnosis 
I have done a crap load of work to improve my life by making a very constant and hard effort to always remember things or to always have a plan or always have a script or a routine so that my ability to forget something would be pretty much non-existent or as minimal as possible. It works 90% of the time, but unfortunately there are times where despite all the stuff that I do, it, I still forget something. There are, it is so true what they say about environmental factors too. If you live in an area that is like loud or busy or frequent like sirens or it just feels like there's always stress around, like it's hard to relax. If you're sleeping poorly and you're tired a lot or you have injuries or you feel sick or you're hurt and you can't, you know, it's harder to focus. It's so much easier to have your symptoms get worse. And I'm talking about both, not just one ADHD or CPTSD. They both, the symptoms will get worse and you'll have hard days. I remember just this last Monday, I was, I, Sunday, I started feeling really bad. I, I just wasn't feeling great. And it wasn't like I was sick. I just, my neck was causing some problems and I started having strange like, symptoms and feelings all over. And I was also super sensitive to things like sudden noises, loud noises, crashing, like like utensils. I went to, to the to a restaurant to celebrate a birthday and every noise the kid crying the dishes on the table going into their to their bin to take back and clean them all the noises it was extremely disturbing and and every time i heard them i was just aggravated and i and a lot of times i can handle them but i've noticed more recently in my recent past that a lot of these sudden noises and these things that occur uh, that are loud and extreme really disturb me and really aggravate. And they get to the point where I get frustrated or angry, right? Like the, the garage, the door going into the parking lot slams on the door, because, especially if it's windy and it's super loud and it bugs the hell out of me. And so I try as often I can to prevent the door from slamming but sometimes I forget, right? There's like, I get I get easily rattled by things that are like sudden, like somebody walks up behind you suddenly or they, they you don't know they're there and they start talking to you and it startles you, right? Like I jump and I go, oh, geez. And I have that happen more often. And, and it's like, cause I'm always wired, right? I'm always just kind of on that, on the edge. And it's a, it's a mixture of both. They both play in and they're just, it's like they're twisting and, and punching me and kicking me and then saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And oh, another kick into the face, right? Like, it's just like, you can never get anything settled. There's always, it's always go, 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 drive you crazy. That's what CPTSD and ADHD together is causing. They fight, they, they are always doing whatever like i'm not saying they they're not a 
but they're not a thing. They don't have emotions. Like they're not a personal personality, but that's just the way I express it as in, as I give them a, a, a personal structure. So I, they, he, it, they together. It's, it really does make life way more difficult to control and to feel that you are in a safe place. Like when you're, when you get triggered or you're, you come into a situation that is unfamiliar or potentially threatening, even if it's not life threatening, it will really rise up and flare and you are so much more prone to feeling scared. And I even like, I, I noticed, and I've done it a few times now where in the past, when I've watched movies, like I I like watching movies that have happy endings, uh, love stories, romance. I know I'm a guy, but Hey, whatever. And I noticed in my in the recent past when an ev- when a situation comes up that is going to have a really happy ending like they're they're both super happy and they finally found each other and now they're going to be in love and and the scene ends where they come together and they're smiling and they hug each other and they kiss and they hold and you just know that they're meant to be in the past like past past this kind of stuff, I it wouldn't get to me. Like I'd I'd smile and feel happy and think that's great. But recently, I've noticed that unless I really make an effort, I feel like I am going to break down and get super emotional. Like I'm like I'm gonna have a happy cry or I'm gonna it's gonna bring it all out and I won't be able to control myself. And this never used to happen. But they do say that you can have problems with emotional regulation and sometimes things can bring it out, right? And I I still am not comfortable with the idea of it, even privately. So I do have a ways to go. But with being on the ADHD medication that I have been now for two years... And a bit, I have definitely seen a lot of improvement when it comes to focus and other areas like other symptoms have been reduced, but they're, they, they haven't fully gone away, of course, but the trauma, it's, it's still a struggle. But the thing is, is the ADHD, it's messing with my head when it comes to certain things because it doesn't know what is appropriate right especially romantic or intimate feelings it doesn't really know what is a what's considered appropriate what i should do what i shouldn't do is this too much is it not enough am i being realistic am i being logical or am i getting over emotional or just you're just not thinking right and and people look at you and go i don't know about that so that's the struggle. And I have a hard time with that. And I feel like until I can truly get my CPTSD under control, like, and I'm talking about like years, like I've been told, and I'm sure a lot of experts say that 
to get any true relief or any real healing from CPTSD, it can take 10 years or more of proper therapy and work to see any decent healing from your trauma. I used to think that I was a fast learner and then that was kind of a a lie. Like I I I wasn't saying I was being lied to, but my hopes were were made to an unrealistic level because it felt like I was making great progress, but the reality is I may have made a lot of progress, but there's such a hell lot more to come still. So if you have ADHD and CPTSD, I definitely recommend talking to your doctor or your psychologist or you see a psychiatrist. Talk about it. If they don't understand or they're not great with this, try to find somebody else who has the training. I felt fortunate. I do have a therapist now that is trained in trauma, but also with ADHD. It so happens that she happens to have it herself, but which is great. Not for her, but it's great because she has personal experiences to lean towards what we talk about. So I feel lucky and fortunate that I have someone who can really work with me on this. So find the right people. Um, hopefully you have people who can help you out or you have a doctor who knows the right things uh, and where to send you to get the help that is required. But you got to be patient. It takes a lot of work. And it's the important thing here is to be aware. Self-awareness is really big here because it'll help you when it comes to seeing, eventually seeing ahead of time or as it's happening, what is going on with you so that you can have better control of it and be able to bring yourself back down or recover from a trigger easier and faster. It always helps. And I definitely recommend getting all the help that you can find and just be patient. That is a key here. All right, that's it for the episode. If you'd like to get a hold of me, send me an email or message me. You can. Uh, my email is traumatizedpodcast2023 at gmail.com. I am on multiple social media sites, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, Mastodon. Uh, it's all Traumatized PC or Traumatized Podcast as the, are the usernames. My videos are now on YouTube. You can listen to them there. If you want to see more about me or about my podcast, you can go to my podcast website, uh, traumatizedpodcast.link, and get all the information there. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend and a great week, and I shall talk to you later. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.